Since launching this show, I've learned a great deal about you, the listener, my fellow craft-driven creator. And you know what I figured out? You're a human being. I know what you're thinking, and yes, I'm like super good at analytics. But here's what else I've learned. Human beings evolved to seek out comfort. Comfort means safety. Comfort means acceptance. Comfort means survival. It could be something like that impossibly soft blanket on the couch or that awesome hoodie that we love to wear on nights and weekends and also at work and also at school and just pretty much everywhere. Or maybe it's that group of friends that just get us. Whatever the case, we love to feel comfortable. But what we might not realize is that when it comes to our work, we can't seek out the comfortable. And if we do, we'll never have the creative careers that we so crave. Today on the show, why you need to get comfortable being uncomfortable. I'm Jay Kunzo, and it is my distinct pleasure to share a little displeasure with you today. Stick around. This episode is supported by Right Side Shirts. Here's an uncomfortable thought for you. Many schools are actively removing the very same classes that help kids lead happy, creative lives. Among the first programs to get cut everywhere are the arts, whether that's arts and crafts or related fields like writing and music. Right Side believes enough's enough and they're doing something about it. They sell t-shirts and other apparel that display student artwork and proceeds from the sales help fund student art programs. So, if you're feeling a bit squeamish to hear that creativity isn't all that high on a typical school district's list, then be sure to explore rightsideshirts.org. I'm not much of a gamer, but when I was a kid, I was obsessed with this one particular Super Nintendo game. The Legend of Zelda, A Link to the Past. Part of the fun playing this game was exploring a complex, sprawling world full of all kinds of different terrains and areas. But here was the catch. Unless you'd already visited a certain area, it wouldn't appear on the map. It would just be this big unknown black spot. Once you went there, it would appear, but until then, you were stuck with an incomplete picture of the world. And so, you'd boldly explore where you'd never gone before and set out on this grand adventure. In doing so, not only did you get more context on the various levels of the game, you'd experience all sorts of different things which would come in handy later, and it would all roll together to make you better and more prepared, no matter what comes next. So, did Nintendo know that I wanted to create stuff for a living? Because those maps are the perfect analogy for what we all face as craft-driven creators in our work. To produce better and better projects, and to continually rely on our intuition to guide our actions, we need to constantly experience new and even uncomfortable things. In other words, we have to explore more of the map, and to do that, we have to get outside our comfort zones. 
getting outside our comfort zone to broaden our perspective, our maps, is part of what it means to follow your intuition. It's part of caring about your craft. It's part of being truly, genuinely creative. Oh yeah, and one more thing. It's unthinkable. You're listening to Unthinkable, a show about people who ignore what they're supposed to do and instead follow their intuition. As always, I'm your host, Jay Kunzo. But unlike always, I'm less than comfortable talking to you today. Let me explain. Two weeks ago, in our episode titled The Bias to Act, we heard stories about people who avoid analysis paralysis and instead have an extreme focus on building momentum and shipping their work. Given that need to act and given today's exploration of getting uncomfortable, I'm going to take a rather meta approach today. I'm making a thing for other makers after all. So there's always that meta idea and there's always the need for me to practice what I preach here. And you can kind of hear me starting to do the thing that I'm about to explore already. And it's scaring me to no end. Today, I'm ditching my comfort zone and I'm just going to read the script once, even though usually I read it many times until I nail it, I'm just going to carefully go through, pick every single word one time and finish the episode. That is pushing me outside the bounds of my creativity uh, and my map. So let's start that right now. Here we go. Oh gosh. I don't know where this is going to go. Okay. It's definitely making me feel uncomfortable. It's like stepping out on a wire without the net. But given our weeks, given our, given our episode two weeks ago, I'm not going to overthink it. I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to act. It'll get easier and I'll get better. I'm sure of it. So bear with me and, uh, and buckle up for what's sure to be a bumpier ride than usual. Now, you might be thinking, okay, Jay, doing this episode in a single take isn't a huge change from what you usually do. It's not that far outside your comfort zone. I mean, you still have your script. And by the way, to all of those objections, I say, I agree. I mean, I really don't know if I should go further. Should I? Just how uncomfortable am I supposed to get here? And how far outside the familiar are we supposed to go for good things to happen in our work? Should I perform this episode while balancing on one foot on a chair in my kitchen? Or maybe a high-speed train barreling down on a mountain tunnel? with sharks that shoot laser beams circling below the bridge? Coming next summer, Unthinkable, the movie, starring Bruce Willis. Unthinkable, live free, pod hard. That wasn't so bad one time. Okay, so our question, just how much discomfort do we need to experience to stimulate better thinking? To find our answer, I went to talk to a guy by the name of Jim Morey. M-O-U-R-E-Y. I am an assistant professor of marketing at DePaul University in Chicago. Uh, and that's, that's me. Jim studies the forces that influence our intuition and our abilities to make decisions. And it all started with a pretty mundane observation. 
I was in Paris many years ago, and I saw a woman uh, grab a cigarette, who was probably my age, so mid-20s at the time. Uh, she grabbed a cigarette and just started smoking sort of effortlessly. And it was uh, surprising to me because, of course, I had grown up in a generation in the States where you know, smoking is this horrible, abhorrent thing that nobody should do. And here's a woman who is just sort of non-consciously going through the motions and, and smoking a cigarette. And Jim wondered, why do we constantly make seemingly mindless decisions as human beings? But when something feels easy and familiar for us, why do we seem to abandon critical thinking, even if it's actually bad that we do the easy thing? Well, as it turns out, it's due to something known as cultural fluency. So in every culture, there are sort of expectations of what's acceptable and what's not acceptable. Um, And so if something is unfolding in the way that we would predict it would, that would be an experience that's culturally fluent. And when something is fluent, we don't have to think very hard about it because the world is happening as it should. But if something we experience feels a bit off, a bit uncomfortable, that moment is culturally disfluent. It doesn't fall into the familiar scripts that typically guide our lives. Then that's when something feels weird. Uh, And the thing about culture that's fascinating is culture sort of operates in the background. It's not that we have to think about what we do every time we engage with other people. Uh, It becomes sort of this automatic routine behavior. This is a real problem if what we're trying to do is be more creative. To continue the, uh, the maps analogy from earlier, if you experience cultural fluency over and over and over, you're on the parts of the map that you've already visited. Culture guides our behaviors at a very subconscious level, and that when things feel culturally fluent, we go with the flow, and when things feel culturally disfluent, we sort of stop, hesitate, and think a little bit harder. So could you actually prevent someone from doing that mindless easy thing, whether it's picking up a cigarette or maybe writing yet another listicle on the internet. To figure that out, Jim decided to run a test at his mom's 4th of July party. He took two types of plates. One set was festive with American flags and one was plain white. And he divided them up evenly among his test subjects. In this case, unknowing, unsuspecting picnic goers. He then used a scale at the end of the buffet line to weigh the amount of food each person took. And what we found from that first study was that people who had the 4th of July plates put significantly more food on the plate than the people that got the white plate. Later that year, Jim tried this again at yet another family picnic, this time on Labor Day. Half the guests received plain white plates and half got plates from a holiday that was totally bizarre to see that time of year, Halloween. And, as he predicted, people with the very out-of-place pumpkins and ghosts took less food than those with the white plates. So, taken together, we kind of get the idea, at least initial support, for this idea that when there's a cultural fit, when things are as they should be, uh, people don't really think. They kind of go with the flow. And when there's a disconnect, so for example, a Halloween plate on Labor Day, suddenly things are strange. They're not so strange that consciously we, we think, oh, I should take less food. It's just sort of an automatic behavior that we do less. We hesitate a bit. All it takes is that slight bit of discomfort, that slightly new experience to help your brain snap out of it and give actual critical thought to something. And even if that new experience doesn't make you consciously do something, it informs your intuition to make a better choice. And by the way, as I'm reading this one time for you, and as I go completely off script to tell you this, I'm finding myself focusing now more on the words I'm saying. And I think my dictation is clear and I feel more confident, all because I'm slightly outside my discomfort zone. Whereas before, I was messing up a lot more reading from the script. Okay, so that's one example with my work. But what does what this idea of getting dis- uh, uncomfortable 
actually mean for all of our careers. So there are the people who sort of uh, subsist at the status quo. These are the people that they see the data, they see the numbers, they're meeting the numbers, and life is good, so we don't need to change anything. But if you want to be truly innovative, what, what my research suggests is uh, that's not the correct approach. You can do that and certainly be successful. But if you truly want to innovate and change, uh, you need to break up that flow. Um, and again, that could be whether something as crazy as redesigning the workspace so that it, it creates a sort of experience of disfluency. Uh, it could be something as simple as traveling. That's the power of getting uncomfortable, even if it's just a little bit. Okay, so here's what I'm stuck on. I get the reason why you want to make yourself uncomfortable, but what about our actual work? After all, it's a lot harder when it's our own ideas that are making us uncomfortable. What do you have to do to get comfortable with ideas and projects that make you uncomfortable? Well, as we're about to learn together, whenever you get the chance, you have to follow the fear whether you're in business or on a stage doing comedy. When you're improvising a scene, you'll be on stage with your partner and your partner's going to give you an initiation. Your partner will say something like, please go, you know, get the rocket started. So now based on that, you, you have a couple of like five, 10 ideas will pop into your head immediately on who you are. So one of those ideas is going to scare the heck out of you. That's the idea you have an obligation to follow. You got to chase down that hall that scares you the most. This is Tim Washer. He's a video producer and a creative director at Cisco. And he's also a part-time comedian and a trained improv comic who has studied with or written for people like Tom Purcell, who's the lead writer and executive producer of both of Stephen Colbert's shows, and Amy Poehler back before she landed on Saturday Night Live. And through Tim's work in comedy, he picked up this phrase, follow the fear. Well, that's something I learned from class in, with Amy and it's a quote, uh, the, the father of long-form improv, a guy named Del Close, who taught all these folks. That, that was one of his key principles on what to live by. He said the reason it scares you is because it's new. It's a new frontier. It's an area you have not yet explored before. And because it's new, uh, you know, that's going to that's gonna yield the, the most, uh, you know, the, the richest material. So that's, that's the idea behind it, is there's a reason it scares you. But the reason it scares you is exactly the reason you have an obligation to chase it. But that's not how these things tend to play out in the business world, right? Tim knows this all too well. When I was at IBM, I was in communications. I was sitting down with the, the vice president and talking about what the objectives were for the coming year, just to think about what, what the communications objectives would be to support that. And he listed these things. He said, well, with the sales team particularly, we've gotten some negative feedback. And he, and he listed three of them. And I said, you know what? This sounds like a comedy film to me. And everybody said, no, we wouldn't, you know, what are you doing? We're at IBM. We're not going to, we don't, laughter's not part of our, our DNA here. And I kind of kept my head down because I didn't want to get fired, you know, right after getting the job. But then I, I just kind of pushed it again and said, what do you think? Let's try it. And I wrote the script, I think. And then people said, like seven executives had said no to the idea. Sounds way too familiar, right? Great idea from a creative person, seems a little different and new, and then it gets shut down. 
Why does that always seem to happen? Well, it's, it's just, unfortunately, it's fear. It's, it's the concern that we're going to offend somebody. That happens a lot, but it com- that comes up in, in, in really small, dangerous ways. In corporate marketing, you know, most things are done through a committee. And once you take an idea like that, for it to work, there needs to be something very different about it and very absurd, I think. That's what makes these things work. Now, committees are are very much about let's get together and let's have consensus about something we all feel comfortable with. So creative ideas, comedy or otherwise, don't tend to survive those types of meetings. John Cleese says this uh, from Monty Python. You know, he's done a lot of consulting in this area in the business world. But he says, you know, once somebody brings up some kind of fear or worry or concern or risk, it shuts down all the creativity in the meeting. And that's exactly what happened to Tim back in his IBM days as a speechwriter. So here was the idea that he had originally proposed to his bosses and to the committee. They would cast the actual head of sales for the IBM mainframe computer division. A guy named Bob Hoey. And he'd play a role similar to Michael Scott from the TV show, The Office, where he'd be trying to sell this $2 million product in all kinds of bumbling, terrible, short-sighted ways. I think some people were concerned, you know, why are we making ourselves look stupid? I mean, I got that note from a lot of people. But since Tim wrote the script anyway, he found one executive to agree to it, and the rest slowly came on board. He'd found his ally, his champion, to then rally the rest. And so they made the film, and they showed it at the next internal sales meeting. And then it was just for an internal sales meeting, and we did it, but it, man, it blew up. People went nuts over it. And uh, this was like the uh, Asia, Pacific, and Americas meeting. And so they said, look, why don't you fly to Barcelona and go show the movie there to, uh, you know, EMEA. And we did that too, and it got even bigger laughs. It was pretty funny. But... After that, then they started make, saying, make, make comedy videos. That would be his job, they said. After that, every project that I came up with and started working on, I truly believed this would be the one that would get me fired. And, and I say that without exaggeration. <laughs> I, I was certain this would be the one that would get me fired. And, uh, and those were the ones that always did the best. They'd either win a, an industry award or it would be like one of the top uh, most viewed videos on, on IBM's YouTube channel. I mean, it was just, it was nuts. The other thing was people were so, this was new to us and we didn't expect this, but like the press and the analysts were totally surprised at IBM taking this humorous, self-deprecating point of view. And that's why we got, we got a ton of coverage. And here's something ridiculous. Oh, and Comedy Central. We entered in this Comedy Central contest and we won one of the, we were selected as one of the staff favorites. Tim, like many of us, constantly pushes for these ideas. The thing that people don't, some people don't understand about comedy is that when you take pretense out of a situation, and in sales, it's all about pretense. You're all about trying to be in, get in there and tell you why. Here, let me tell you why I'm the best. My company's the best and my product's the best. Uh, but once you take the pretense out of a situation, the people start to listen. And you start to build trust and you start to build rapport. That IBM video was Tim's initial case study, his first bit of proof that he was right. Since then, he's launched countless projects that all show others who might be too afraid that fear is actually the path to actively follow. As for those of us who desperately want to do the same, the key, Tim says, is to, you know, guard your taste and protect that, really make the case and say, okay, and you, of course, you have to be very diplomatic and, and, and cordial when you do this in the corporate world, when you're trying to get approval. But at the same time, you have to 
say, look, we've, we've done these before. They've worked. And I tell you what, if you want to cut this line out, here's what's going to be the problem with that. Here's why the joke falls down, because you're removing the tension from the setup. And in approaching it like that, you're expanding your idea and explaining it in a craft-driven way, in a logical, practical way. You should actively find the fear and follow it. But you have to then explain it or even prove it to others so that they aren't scared. So you can explain the thinking or bring them a past example or just keep the first few attempts manageable and small. The first video I did was it was at IBM. It was for, like I mentioned, it was just an internal sales meeting. So the risk came way down. You know, it was just a meeting. The video wasn't even online. Do whatever you need to do to produce something that works. I asked him, if he's constantly following the fear, is it now more comfortable getting uncomfortable? Yeah, yes. Yes, it is. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Uh, it, it's getting, it's, yes, I've become more comfortable because I've seen more success, but then I've also seen more failure as well. I failed more and than I did obviously in the beginning. And once you have those failures, you can, you see like, all right, look, the world didn't come to an end. I'm still employed. Uh, you know, uh, my, my kids still love me. Um, maybe that's not true. That part's not true. You'll have to edit that out. <laughs> but, but yeah, you, you, you definitely, but it's still, you know what Jay is still, I still sometimes hesitate before hitting that publish button on YouTube to this day. The next time you go to create anything, you'll come up with lots and lots of ideas, whether it's the starting point for the whole project or small decisions along the way. In every case, something will scare you. And that is what you want to follow. That is what you need to follow if what you want to do is better, more craft-driven work. Getting even slightly uncomfortable can shake you from the routine. Like Tim, your first move might be small. It's one step into that dark area of your map. But slowly, over time, you'll go from carefully stepping to walking to jogging to outright sprinting towards those unknown areas. And I promise you, Good things happen when you operate like that. It won't always be easy. Nothing worth doing really ever is. And it may not even get totally and completely comfortable. Tim just admitted that even he has pauses, moment, uh, uh, difficult moments here and there. But really, this is what makes our work less like a tired old routine and more like an adventure. We'll be right back with one thing that you can try and follow the fear and implement this idea in your work. Unthinkable is supported by Right Side Shirts, helping kids more easily do what only becomes scarier when we get older make great art, and put themselves out there in the process. When I talked to RightSide founder Jeff White, he told me that his own path was about following the fear. He loved art, but initially he strayed away from it and studied economics and finance, and he went to work for a big financial institution very briefly. But then he said it felt soul-sucking, and so he quit to build RightSide. So to learn more about it, visit rightsideshirts.org. And if you get two minutes and can give us a rating and review on iTunes or wherever you listen, I read every single one of them. And I'd love to know what you think about the way I did this show. 
Unthinkable is me, Jay Conzo, as well as Andrew and Elizabeth Davis, Josh Cole, Caroline Nuttall, Andrew Sweeney, Chris Higgins, and Ryan Brescia. Music is by Tyler Litwin, the king in the north, the king in the north, the king... Okay, you get it. If you enjoyed today's show, subscribe to the newsletter at unthinkable.fm or click the link in your show notes. Unthinkable is basically one giant search for answers. Each email I send is an attempt to answer one hypothesis. I also share show links and bonus content available nowhere else. In two weeks, I'm sharing a clip of Tim from this episode describing his funniest project ever. It involves a boring server and some steamy hot love. So it's hilarious. Anyways, sign up at unthinkable.fm. Okay, our challenge this week. I want you to take a project at work, even better if it's one that involves multiple people that you're working with, and I want you to write down a bunch of ideas for ways you could execute it, or if it's in process, make it better. Circle the one idea that makes you most afraid. And if nothing on there does, keep writing down new ideas. Then with that one scary idea in mind, I want you to schedule one 30-minute meeting with one person who needs to approve this idea and walk them through your thinking in a logical, thoughtful way. If you want to hone your intuition and turn it to action, if you want to be more creative in your career, and if you want to honor your craft and find meaning in your work, we all need to get more comfortable getting uncomfortable. And that is unthinkable. Cool. Also, wow, haven't ever done an episode like that. I'm like shaking here. That was really exciting. I love getting outside my comfort zone. I also want to start something new in this episode and give a shout out to people who are listening to the show and start doing the unthinkable. So here's the first shout out. Jason Hobbs from Georgia. Congrats on the new video side project that you showed me. Great stuff. Keep going. Keep taking that leap and keep doing the unthinkable. And if you're trying to do that too and you're listening, email me your project, jay at unthinkable.fm, and I'll give you a shout out. I'll try to get to as many people as I can week to week. Talk to you soon. Woo! That was crazy. <laughs>